Welcome to the J2 Hub podcast, where we focus on everything from property development, hot entrepreneurially business topics, and real life scenarios facing business owners just like you and I. Brought to you by James Sahota, we bring you exciting real life property, business, and entrepreneurially related hot topics, and that little bit more. So welcome everybody to another episode of the J2 Hub podcast. Uh, this afternoon, uh, I'm joined by somebody who I've wanted to speak to for a while. Um, now, I'll tell you a little story. I was out for a morning run one morning and I was actually listening to this lady on another podcast um, from my fellow Yellow Tea friend. I guess everybody knows who he is when I say the Yellow Tea man. It's Tej, of course. And this podcast, it, although it was quite a short podcast, it actually made me stop halfway through the run and it pricked my ears on some of the information this lady was talking about. I felt it was so, so valuable that we needed to get her on this podcast and explain into some depth about how the system works and how how this process has been developed that she's developed. So without lo and behold, I'm joined by Beverly Lockett here from Red Door Homes. Uh, welcome, Beverly, first of all, on this lovely afternoon. Thank you very much, James. It's lovely to be here. No problem at all. Thank you for joining me. Um, Beverly, for, obviously for my bet, I already know who you are. I've been following you for a while. Just for the benefit of the listeners, would you mind just giving us a brief background on who you are, what you do and what you're all about? Yes, of course. So I'm Beverly Lockett. I am uh, one third of Red Door Homes. There is me, uh, my husband, David, and our son, William. William is fantastic. He is the uh, go get him, you know, vision holder. He, he really goes and finds all the deals and sorts everything for us. I sort of hold everything together and manage them, which can be difficult. And then my husband does all of the systems and the numbers because he used to be an accountant. So David used to be an accountant. He sold his practice years ago. I used to be a business lecturer and I specialised in change management and organisational behaviour, which is all about how you build an organisation, how you build a good team and how you make it as effective and efficient as possible. So between the two of us, me and my husband, we've got these this fantastic skill set that we share with people. And I've been on the speaker circuit for quite a while. Um, and most people know Red Door Homes because we are a little bit unusual. All of our properties are a little bit quirky. They're all very homely. And um, our tenants absolutely love it. But we're also the only shared accommodation company in the UK to be credited with the green mark because we are an environmentally friendly company. Wow. Wow. Love that. Why property? How did you guys fall into property then? Oh, well, we, we, we've been thinking about it for about 40 years, James, which that shows <laughs> how old we were. Um, we moved to London many, many years ago. And my, uh, we were going to keep our house in, in Redditch and we were going to rent it out. And we got absolutely terrified because we didn't know about voids and anything. And my husband's brother is, char- uh, is a, a quantity surveyor and he scared the, the living bejeebas out of us. So we sold it in the end, which was the worst thing we could possibly have done. Never sell a property. And uh, we looked into property for years and years. But again, we were always unsure, not quite sure what to do. And uh, we ended up, David ended up, um, he fell into accountancy, he re-qualified, he became an accountant. He then set up BNI in, in staff with Andy Haynes. I don't know if anybody's heard of Andy Haynes, but uh, uh, he, he is um, like the, the front man for um, uh, Simon Zucci. And he understood a little bit about property. David was getting more and more clients. 
he threw this book at me, Property Magic. He read it on holiday and threw it at me. He said, you've got to read this. And he went, I don't know what I've been doing. My clients are in there. And there were about four of his clients got case studies. And it's like, oh, my goodness me, what have we been doing all this time? So that sort of opened up our eyes. And it's really interesting that with the next edition of Property Magic, David is a case study in it. Oh, wow. It went from his clients being in it to the next one, him being in it, which was really cool. So that's how we ended up getting into property. Um, It's been something that's been on our mind for years, but we just didn't really know what to do or how to go about it. And once we'd got some training, it was like, right, yeah, now we can do it. And and so we we set up on the, the property journey. I hate that word, but property journey. Yes. So how was um, how was Red Door Homes formed then? What what was your first deal? What did it look like? What what was it? Well, my son uh, William was living down in Chichester. He got a job. He's he sailed for Britain. He um, he has coached the RWA um, national squads, and he's represented Britain in dinghies. And he is phenomenal. He's a fantastic coach. Mm-hmm. And he. Um, had got his dream job down in Chester. He didn't go to university, but he got this dream job. and He was really loving it. Then he wanted to get into property because he saw his dad was doing really well. And he said, I've seen all these people with these yachts. If you've got a job, you might be able to afford the yacht, but you can't afford the time to sail it. If you've got a business, you, will, you, you could probably afford to build the yacht, but again, you can't afford to sail it because you're always working in your own business, even more than if you've got a job. But these people in property, he said... They've got these yachts and they can sell them. He said, that's it. I'm getting into property with, with dad. I'm like, All right, okay, fair enough. But anyway, he, he was having real difficulty trying to get it going. He lived in three different HMOs and they were all illegal and they all had really bad things going on with them. His job ended up being really mega stressful and not quite what he wanted. So he had this situation where his home life was really bad and his work life was really bad and he was trying to build a professional business and it just wasn't working. So he had a little bit of a meltdown. So we said, okay, come home, don't care, come home and join us in our property business. We'd already negotiated a rent-to-rent deal, but it still hadn't gone through. The solicitors and the estate agents were getting in the way, something which a lot of people will understand. Mm -hmm. We didn't quite know what we were going to do with it. And so William came on board and then we had a couple of coaching sessions because a coach can look at you from the outside and see what you want to do and they got us to really focus in on our why and we we did a lot of work I mean literally months on what our individual values were and what we wanted from our business and we really distilled it down and then we'd got this really clear idea of what we wanted from Red Door Homes and from that we then developed our vision and then we created these beautiful places for people to live. And of course, we've got William, who is our target audience, who has lived in illegal HMOs and he knows how bad it is. So he was able to, to tell us what was needed. So we've developed this product purely based on what our customer needs are, not just listening to William, but listening to his friends, listening to ten- listening to all sorts of people and taking on this advice. And then we've distilled uh, what our product is just for our customers and it's just a normal business thing to do that me and David were doing all the time Um, but other people don't seem to do it I don't know why other people don't look at their customers but that's what we did because we were doing service accommodation as well we were very good at designing properties that looked homely and that looked nice to live in and we were selling a lifestyle so it all led from there and then two years later we were massive 
big, not massive, but big, which is good. And that's where it all came from. Was William, William came on board and we all sort of changed and changed direction. We had a huge turnaround because, of course, David was in charge because he's the dad and he's mm-hmm. the boss and he was an accountant and he knew all about everything. And he found this just way too stressful. And we did some uh, personality tests and David was not the person to be running the business. He was not the person yeah. to be having the vision and to go forward with the drive. That was William. William had that energy to and the vision for what we needed to do. So we completely swapped the business. We got David out of that place in charge and put him down the bottom. He's our operations and finance director. <laughs> and we work for our son. And all of a sudden we were able to fly because we knew exactly what we were doing. David felt this huge weight on his shoulders because it was no longer his responsibility. And um, uh, William had a really good place in the business. I had a good place and a voice in the business. And suddenly we were able to fly because the sum of the three of us is more than just us working individually. So mm-hmm. it just took off. It was brilliant. Wow. Beverly, what, did you by any chance do, was it the disc test or was it a wealth dynamics test? From well, the we've used, of the person? Yeah, we, we've used disc. This is like in your head, you know stuff, but you don't mm-hmm. know stuff. We've used mm-hmm. discs our entire life. Me and David did the profile when we were probably in our early 20s because we've been together for a long time. Um, <laughs> we, we have always used that information to change how we talk to people. And I used it a lot in my lecturing so that I was able to change how I spoke to people depending on what they night. Um, David did Wealth Dynamics and I did Wealth Dynamics, but I was in such a bad place with my... Um, Uh, I I basically had depression because of my job. I was so stressed and in such a bad place that my wealth dynamics came out wrong and the coach was going through it. And I was like, this isn't me. This isn't me. I, you know, Mm -hmm. I come across, I'm a very outgoing person and it was coming across as being a very introverted person. I was like, no, that's just where I am at the moment. So when we had this coach, he did wealth dynamics with us and it was like a light bulb had gone off because it's Mm. only when you look at the three of us and how we work together that we were able to then change exactly how we work together. So if you know Wealth Dynamics, David is a lord, way down the bottom. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. he is fantastic at what he does, but not a creator. I'm a creator and a star, something that won't surprise you if you've seen me. And William Mm -hmm. is a a creator and a a mechanic, so he's good at still doing the doing. That's exactly what my profile is, a creator and and a mechanic, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so you're good at doing the stuff, and you're still good at creating stuff. Whereas I'm like way out there. I like yeah. creating stuff. But now, yeah. once we know that, we're able now to swap our business and to make sure that we're good at the things that we are good at. You play mm-hmm. to your strengths. And when I was doing my lecturing, I uh, developed. I, I've got a master's in educational assessment, and I wrote all about change man using change management in colleges to improve CPD for teachers. And that's all about playing to your strengths. If you play to your strengths, the weaknesses don't matter because they Mm -hmm. just fade away into the background. You play to your strengths and once you know what your strengths are, you can fly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I'm I'm totally with you on personality testing and profile testing because I've talked about it quite openly on my podcast that I had a a successful print business that failed Mm -hmm. uh, after 12 years. And I'm a strong believer it was because I had people in the wrong roles and it's only when the business went under that I went back and started reading people's disc profiles 
and light moments were going off in my head and I'm thinking this guy should never have been an operations manager because he's not yes. a people person. He yeah. absolutely hates talking to people. He just wants to be in the factory tinkering with machines and, and being given a list of stuff to do. As Whereas the guy actually in production doing all the monkey work was the guy who should have been the manager running the show. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm, I'm so glad it took a failure for me to realize that because now whenever I hire anyone, even, even where I've hired a couple of VAs to work for me, the first thing I ask them to do is a profile test. So I know where they sit as a person yeah. and it shocks me that people recruit without doing those today and then wonder why this person isn't a fit, although their CV reads one thing, but when they come on board, they're completely and utterly and totally different. Yeah. And, and you find that people will recruit people that are like them as well and that's not good because you might need a different skill set in your business so you've mm -hmm. got to be careful to make sure that you're you're recruiting the right people because you will write an advert for somebody like you and that might not be the person that you want yeah yeah and they have a different skill set yeah no it took me a long time to realize that you need to plan for recruitment and you want to be recruiting when you don't actually need you actually want yeah. to be recruiting all the time yeah, you know, and have a bank of people ready, and not just panic last minute and put a, an advert on Indeed.com. Oh, I'm panicking. I need someone to come on board, and then you hire the wrong person, and it ruins the dynamics of the team. Yeah, um, you, you and, have what's called an internal terrorist, where they they mm -hmm. they don't mean to, but they can just completely destroy what you've built up because they're not the yeah. right fit, or mm -hmm. they won't agree with what you're saying. Um, not that you have to have somebody agree all the time, but they they won't be constructive in their criticism. Mm -hmm. and most no, people no. yeah most people leave their jobs because there is this this clash of culture uh, this clash of values because your values are core to who you are and if you've got a job where the management may have changed or all the values of the company have changed you, you can have that clash and and that's where stress comes from it's because you're doing something that's completely against your own personal set of values which is why if you're building a business you have to know what your values are because otherwise you won't be creating what you want to do. You won't be creating anything that you enjoy doing. It could end up in that clash. And then it'll just be a millstone around your neck. And there's no point creating a millstone around your neck. You want to create the business that you want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. No, 100%. I'm totally with you. And it, like I said, it took a disaster for me to realise that. Um, but I'm glad. Uh, better late than never, so they say. Um, never be ashamed of disasters. We've had some. No. Yeah, <laughs> I, I find the older I get, I'm less embarrassed of them because I just think, you know what, uh, I've learned some very valuable lessons from this and I'm going to pop them down in my notebook. And if I do them again, if I make the same mistakes again, then there's something wrong with me. But yeah. if I've got a bank of resources to refer to when I'm in this situation again, then I've actually learned something and, and bettered myself as a person. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, Beverly, before I go on and talk about coaching, training and a few things like that, I just wanted to ask you, you mentioned that you are the only people with a green mark in... I, uh, I believe we are. We're the only shared accommodation com uh, company. Okay. Could you tell us a little bit more about what the green mark is and what it entails? Yeah, it's, a, it's an accreditation. You, you apply for it and there are several tests that you have to do to show that you have reached this, this green mark already. And then you have to commit to improving it year on year. So every year we will be improving whatever our green credentials are and we have a plan to be able to do that all the way through our business. 
So okay. it, it's something that anybody can apply for and they will help you to achieve that accreditation. But we were already so far down the line. We didn't need any help. We just got it because we're quite good anyway. Mm-hmm. And I mean, could you give us an example of what, what a green mark credential might be in your shared accommodation? Yeah. So um, all of our tariffs, our electric and, and gas are all green tariffs. Now, we have had to pay extra for that over the years. Uh, the, the, get, the only gas green tariff we can get is one that is no fracking, but everything else is a green tariff, which means that we've had to pay a little bit extra for our gas and electric over the years, but that has now significantly reduced. But that means that instead of um, putting solar panels and wind things on our properties, we've actually been able to fund the national infrastructure for renewable energy. And I don't know if you're aware, the last two months, we've not used our coal energy at all. We've been relying on uh, renewals and nuclear. So as a nation, our infrastructure is really important to be able to uh, invest in those. And by using the green tariffs, that's how you can help the nation with its green credentials and they're not expensive anymore they used to be but now they've come right down in in cost but to us it was important even though it was a little bit more expensive to have that green tariff yeah no i agree with you that's so was would you say that was quite firmly put into your why when you wrote your why for your for your whole business yes so um uh william is 24 he was in terry nappy's we never used a disposable nappy. You know, I was a tree hugger before it was a thing. <laughs> and William being a surfer and a sailor, it was very important to him because obviously the state of the ocean and the cleanliness because he's in it all the time was very important to him as well. So it's something that's been absolutely core to all three of us. So it had to be written into our, our company promise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I know all about those towel nappies because my mum tells me about them because she had me and my sister in them as well we never we were never put in pampers or anything like that no, so no 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 well I mean um, I'll, I'll embarrass William now he was 26 months when he came out of nappies he's very early for a boy <laughs> apparently <laughs> I'm sure I'll meet him at an event sometime and I'll remember that little story <laughs> I'd say look out for the orange hair the ginger hair but he's bald now so you can't Oh, he's a, I mean, I, I saw him on your website. He's a very, very vibrant uh, character, you know, and he, he's, 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 you, you can see the energy coming off of him. And yeah. I'm looking at this and thinking, why wouldn't I want to go and look at one of their places if I was looking for a room, especially when this guy is telling me all about yeah. it? Yeah, he, he is brilliant. He's, he's now been he's been spending his lockdown creating a YouTube channel called Universe Undressed which is, is, is his passion all about science and, and you know, explaining science better so he's he's just a natural presenter he'll be picked up by the bbc or something you know wow i'll have to tell my wife about that because she's a scientist as well a science teacher at a school and uh, she's always looking for cool resources online to share she, with children she would love him she would absolutely love him and, and just tell her to drop him a line if there's anything she would like him to do okay i will do that so but it leads me nicely into why um what I wanted you to share with everybody, which is, I'm going to let you explain it in your way, how it is and how it works, but I'm just going to say the word stomp to you because I just love that word stomp. (laughs) And uh, it it made me kind of just stomp and stand still when I was running and find out more about it. So please tell us all about stomp. Well, it has two meanings, really. Um, When you're growing a business, you have to concentrate on working on your business and not necessarily in your business. And in property, we get very bogged down in working in all the time because you've got things coming in. People need you to do stuff. You'll have projects. 
you know, you could have three projects on the go, which is what we had at one point. And you're trying to get tenants in if you're self-managing and you've got an awful lot of stuff that you are trying to get done. But none of it is going to grow your business. Really, you need to be working on your business, on the planning on it and making sure that you are working towards the business that you want. So when I thought about the stomp, it was you're stomping on your business because you're working on your business. So that's where that came from. But also it's the way that we organize our business. If you're planning your business, you need to think about all areas of your business, not just the ones that you find really easy, because although I said concentrate on your strengths, you can't neglect the other bits. And there are bits of business that we each find really easy and other bits that we don't. But you've got to think about everything, especially when you're planning. So the stomp is how we have organised our business. Now, I told you I, I taught this organisational behaviour. So I did tell you why I'm an expert in this. And most businesses are set up. You know, If you've done A-level business, you will know you've got your marketing, you've got your HR, you've got your finance, and you've got your operations. Those are the four areas. And then if you've got any other business, you know, just like your printing business, you may have had research and development or sales, maybe different from marketing, or um, I, I don't know, uh, you may have a purchasing department, but each one has a department. So if you want a large business, you've got to design your business in a large way, because then as, you, as it gets bigger, you can get people to slot into the positions that you've created. If you've designed it this way with the STOMP method, then you've got a clear pathway of how to organise your business. So STOMP stands, stands for, S is the sourcing because all businesses need to source products, whether that is investors or properties or units or land or deals, any business, even a hairdresser will need to source products. So S stands for sourcing. And all of the lovely property um, trainings that go on normally just concentrate on that S and they don't cover any of the others. So T stands for team. You've got to get the correct team around you. And this is where I talk about personality profiles because they are so important to make sure you get the right team. But how you communicate with your team, how do you get the team to grow? How do you make the team efficient and effective? How do you use technology to help with that? So there's all sorts of answers and questions around team. Then you've got the O stands for operating. How are you going to operate your business? And this is the bit that people find really difficult, the systemization. How do you put the systems in place? What systems do you need to be able to put in place? You know, David is so fantastic that he's got these million little shortcuts for how to organise everything and get it all really working perfect. If you're spending too long working in your business and sorting out all the problems, you're not spending time working on these systems, which are going to really make your business efficient and effective. If it's inefficient and effective, you're maximising your profit. The next one is money, because we all need to know about money. And I have met far too many people who measure the wrong thing and who don't understand the very basics, the difference between cash and profit. There's a, a distinct, there's a difference, you know, profit is just an accounting thing. Cash is absolutely king. And if you run out of cash, there will be issues. Cash flows, people don't know how to organise cash flows or how to create them. And this is something that we help with all the way along. What about understanding your accountant and understanding those key terms? What the hell do they mean by a balance sheet? Um, how do you budget for something? Because you've got to have a really clear budget so that you don't go over budget. Um, 
So that's the M. And then the last one is P is for promotion, because we all have to promote ourselves. We have to promote our, our self-promote ourselves, or we have to promote our business to tenants or investors or landlords or who whatever you are doing, land agents, agents, whatever you're doing, you will have to do some sort of promotion. So are you considering all aspects of your promotion, your um, customers and what they want, where you are going to promote them? How are you going to talk to them? What's the customer journey from when they contact you all the way through to when they become a tenant or when they become an investor? Thinking about that journey all the way along enables you to build and plan the system properly. So STOMP is just a way for you to be able to think of your business in a very clear way and then to be able to plan it. So we are a really big advocate of 90-day planning. It's something that David did for many, many years and something that I helped him with for his accountancy practice. And then we've just brought it into our property business. Every year we have a review about where we want our business to go. Is it still going in the right place? Then every 90 days, you have a re- you, we take a day off. We go and away from everything. We turn all the phones off and we talk about where we want our business to be for the next 90 days and what under each of the stomp areas we are going to do and who is going to be responsible for them. And if you've got metrics for each one, you can then measure how you're doing every single 90 days. And then every 30 days, we could just look at it. How are we doing? Are we hitting any of those? Yeah, okay. Yeah, we're fine. No, we're not hitting this one. What do we need? Is there anything that, are there any more resources, any more people? What do we need to make sure that we hit this? So every 30 days, we're doing that. Every week, we look at our 30-day plan. How are we doing? What are we doing? What do we need to complete this week? And then every day, we've got a clear set of plans as to what we need to do. That way, we are working on our business at least once a week, every single week, so that we're making sure that we are growing our business by making it more efficient and more effective all the way along. And that's what the stomp is. It's how to think about your business in a slightly different way, a little bit more organised than most people, and how to then build that growth within your business. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely does. Yeah, wow. I was... uh... Fully engaged there, Beverly. I mean, uh, uh, I'm glad I've got a recording of this now so I can refer back to this whenever I like. Um, well, it's in my book. It's in my book, James, <laughs> which comes out on the 17th of June. It's called Building Your Property Business. And, I was and that sure expands to a, a lot more about the strategies and the stomp and all about making sure you get your mindset right as well. So it's yeah. good. Did, so did this take you a while? How long is it taking you to develop this stomp system of yours? We started, uh, when we started the property business, we started 90-day planning, and that was two years ago. And we've developed it since then. So it's probably taken a good year to embed and to work out the the actual acronym um, and working out exactly who is going to do what and the tools that go alongside it. And we've been using that for a good year, the whole package. And we've helped other people use it. So we know that it is not only successful in our business, but it's successful in others as well. And we've had people that have used the um, strategy. We've got a one page strategy that we help people pull together. And that it's like suddenly having a light bulb moment because you have your why and your vision really crystallized, which means that your 20 second pitch is just written for you. It's there in front of you and you don't need to think about it. So it's it's a really useful little um tool that we that we've developed Mm -hmm. do you think you could um you could go into any property business that may be struggling and 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 put stomp into place and and give the person a kick up the backside and have them working correctly 
Yes. Yeah. We, 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 if they are open to working, yes, we can help any property business. But obviously, people have got to uh, be, first of all, they've got to think, yeah, okay, I need, I, there's an issue, I need to get somebody in to help me. And then once they've realised that, yes, we can help them. Mm-hmm. Do you find um, most people are open to admitting they've got issues or do they need to be told, hey, there's something not quite right here, we can help you with this? Or will they say, oh, I'm, I'm struggling, Beverly, please help me? Most of the people have been a little bit, I'm struggling in this area. And then we help them over the whole board, not just in that little area, because they can see how we can help them for everything. And they always get very shocked when we start with the end in mind. Where do you want to be? What type of business do you want? Let's start with the exit. And then we can work our way backwards to where Mm -hmm. we are now. Mm -hmm. Because if you just reverse engineer it, as I said, what you don't want is to produce that business that's a millstone around your neck you want to produce something that you're really proud of and that has your values because then you don't feel that huge stress it's an enjoyment not a stress yeah yeah and a business should be enjoyable and it shouldn't just be a you know a job that you're going into every single day and like you said i think uh, i agree with you 100 percent where you say reverse engineering because uh, that's something i didn't do because you know you start a business and you kind of just you just fall into it and then you know you're an entrepreneur for a little while and you think you know what I'm going to change the world with this and then suddenly you find yourself you're working in the business you're the engineer you're the technician you're the production guy you're everything and then you know you're not actually working on the business and before you know it you start to resent the business and you start to hate it uh, because there's I feel there's no there's no clear vision. And I'm, I'm talking from experience because I've been through this, you know, uh, yeah. that the early years are so exciting. You're so great winning big contracts. And then it becomes this weight around your neck where you're like, oh, I can't even go on holiday. You know, I can't even take a weekend off. And a business should give you more life, not kind of suck the life from you. And we're all at different stages. We all want different things in our lives. So, you know, and so you have to adjust. Your plan is never set in stone. You always have to adjust because you never know what's going to come around the corner. But we do we do build the business that 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 we deserve. <laughs> so it, mm. you know, at the time, you, you 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 know, we've done it as well. We've built businesses that have just been completely wrong. And you you have to backtrack and stop and think about where you were going to go. Why 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 has this happened? And eventually you'll go, okay, well, I didn't start with the the exit plan and the why. And that's the absolute clear nugget in every single business. That's how you can make sure everything flies. Mm-hmm. Something you said earlier on, Beverly, as well, where you said um, about having your systems and processes in place. Um, I've been talking to my wife recently and I said, to, uh, you know, I've been feeling very overwhelmed with the amount of work I've got to do with the projects going on, with this going on. And I actually recently took some time out just to kind of focus on the whole business and look at it kind of bird's eye in and over the top of it. And I realized there's a lot of things that was I was doing that were just taking up so much of my time that with a simple switch to like a virtual assistant mm. and spending a week really educating them, as, as frustrating as it was, especially yeah. for someone who's a creator to put systems and steps in yeah. process in place, it was very painful. But I realized that after I did that, I felt like a, a massive weight lift off me. You know, I thought, right, you know, now I have a system. I, I, I know once that once I've created this piece of content, it goes off to the VA and she, she sends it off to the video guy who does something with it. And when I wake up the following morning, it's been fully edited and I can see it on YouTube or I can see it here. I'm like, wow, 
you know, yeah. it finally makes sense. And you're like, I actually took some time to work on my business and not in my business doing all those tasks myself. And I think, why the hell did I waste so much time doing that? You know, because we do. That's why. And it's only when you have somebody outside that goes, you know, maybe you should just work on your business. And and that's why we find the 90 day planning and the stomp so useful, because it stops you every 90 days and go, right are you working as efficiently as possible? What can we do slightly different? And it gets you to think about every single aspect of your business, not just the bits that you really like. Because David would concentrate on the systems to the nth degree and we would never have any properties. William would concentrate <laughs> on getting the properties and we would never have any systems. So, it, you know, you've got you've to have that overview of the whole business to be able to then work on it effectively. Mm, okay. Yeah, but if somebody's listening to this and they're, they're at the beginning of their journey, they're just starting a new business, you know, they've got some money together, they're looking at doing their first purchase of a property, uh, what would your advice be to them as someone who's starting something new in business? I mean, w- is there any tips you would give them? Yeah, really find out why they are doing it, exactly why they're doing it, how big do they want to go and how big do they want to go, how, how quickly do they want that growth to happen? And then look at who their market is. Who are you actually marketing this product for? Because if you design it for your customer in mind, it's a bit like having the exit plan for your business. You, you develop what your customers are actually after, and therefore it's a lot easier for them to buy into it. And if you've got that clear vision for your business, you can share it with your tenants, your customers, your investors, whoever, and they will come on board with you because they like where you're going. So we have tenants that stay with us because they like our product and who we are. We have investors who come and stay with us because they like what we're doing and who we are. And that wouldn't be around if we didn't put our vision clearly in all of our marketing. So you've got to really stop and think about who your customers are and what are you what are you actually trying to sell them. Mm-hmm. So your vision is everywhere, basically. It will go into everything everywhere. you do. Everything we do, yeah. Uh, Red Door Homes, we've got three promises, and that is to have um, beautiful houses that are um, user are designed for the user in mind, so they end up being very homely, eco-friendly, and that is both the refurb and the running of them, and then communities, because communities are really important to us. So that is the design of the product, so we make sure that there is always like breakfast bars or, or somewhere like that for them to sit as a community and eat. There are lots of different places where they can meet. So there's normally a cinema room. We've got shared houses and we've taken out a bedroom and put in a cinema room. And I don't know many landlords that would do that. So they, because obviously you're losing um, rent, but the advantage is that we can get a much higher rent per room because we've got a cinema room. We always provide, if there's a garden, we always provide lovely outdoor seatings. We provide barbecues. Um, not only is it the community within the house, but it's the community outside the house as well. So we're all, always contacting the neighbours and making sure they're happy and making sure that they've got our contact and, and that. It's also we have a lot of upcycling going on within our um, projects and we use local charities because that also helps local communities. So there's a huge amount that goes into the, the design of our product and the service that we provide to make sure that we're de- developing those communities and we attract tenants because of it. And during this crisis, we have had tenants that have come to us and go, I'm so glad that I'm in this house now because the community has kept me going because they've been working at home. But actually, it's everybody's been working together. Everybody's been sharing 
cooking responsibilities they've had barbecues outside that they've, they've just been a good solid unit and they have found that so useful and that's really nice and we've even had tenants come back to us after this crisis which is really lovely that they've come back mm. and say, oh, it's still available can i have it back so yeah no that's that's really really useful to hear i mean uh, like you said most landlords wouldn't want to take a room out to put a cinema room in yeah. you know they don't want to lose they'll try and use the you know the the, the stair cupboard to put a room in if they could um yeah. so because uh, i've actually currently got a project going on at the moment and uh, me and my wife have been well it's it's a it's a hmo we own in london and it's we rented it out on a rent to rent with an agent and they they're just absolute rogues they messed it up messed the whole house up and it's such a beautiful house in such a beautiful street and just the other day my wife was saying to me look james you know i think we should lose the sixth room and and really try and make that into a kind of a a, a nice communal living space and here's me like oh well you know i'm gonna lose 600 quid a month or whatever it is and she's like look but it's all about getting people together eating together having fun together and i think you just saying that about taking a room out and putting a cinema room in I, I think you've confirmed it for me. We're going to take you one. You do know your out. wife is always right. <laughs> I do. I do. It <laughs> took me a while to realise that, but yeah, she has always been right. Yeah. Yeah. So it it does make a, a real difference having that somewhere. So we've gone, um, gosh, a long time ago, a year ago now, there was a storm brewing, and we had a chap who was for some bizarre reason. There's a lot of French people that moved to Gloucester a year ago, mm. and we had this chap who was moving into one of our houses. And he'd only sit, we've got these full VR 360 degree, you know, Matterport things, which are just fantastic. And he bought the room on that. And he was catching a flight from Paris and he could only get in on a Sunday. We didn't normally do check-ins then. I said, okay, yeah, well, we'll do it. And we just happened to be in the area. So we did it rather than our viewing manager. And uh, we, we met it. I said, look, I'll come to the station and pick you up because it's just a vile, horrible night. It was one of the storms. It's a horrible night. I'll pick you up from the station. He was like, are you sure? My landlady, pick me up. Like, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry, I'll pick you up. So David was dropping something off at one of the houses. I can't remember at, at the house. I can't remember what it was. So I went and picked them up. And as I left, the, the boys in the house were having a... Um, one of the boys had never seen Lord of the Rings. So they decided they were going to have a Lord of the Rings night and watch all of them. I'm not quite sure. I don't know whether they realised how long they were, but they were also going to have pizza and they decided to wait until this chap had arrived and ask him if he wanted to join in, which is mm-hmm. like, oh, this is lovely. So I picked him up and, and they phoned me on my phone and said, oh, can you ask Chris what he wants? Because we've got the pe- the pizza people on the phone. Oh, yeah, I'd love it. You know, And, and he ordered his pizza, got there, and he, he loved the room. And he said, oh, I didn't realise... I haven't bought a quilt or pillows because obviously it's dressed in the photo, isn't it? And I said, mm. oh, I'm sorry. I just never thought about it. We're never going to be able to get a quilt this late at night. So all the boys were like, I've got a blanket. I've got a pillow. I've got this. And they all came together to give him all of wow. this stuff that he could borrow for the night. So this is his first night in England. He thinks this is fantastic. Mm. We then have to go around the corner to the local Sainsbury's to get some diesel. And while we're there, David said uh, to the lady that was serving us, you don't happen to know if there's anywhere we could get a quilt. This was seven o'clock on a Sunday night. She said, oh, wait a second. She picked the phone up. Yeah, there's one in the store. I'll rush around and go and get it. And she went in her car to the back of the table, got this quilt, brought it back, 
we bought it and then we took it back around to the house and went, here's your quilt. Wow. So what do you think? What do you think he says about us and our customer service? I think he screams about you off the hilltops and says you're fantastic. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and you've got a 21 square foot room to wow. live in. So yeah, and, and that's just part of what we do because why not? Mm. No, it's really it's really nice to hear that. I mean, uh, like I, it's taken me a while to get control back of my HMO because I've had some legalities with it and sections have had to be served. And and when I walked in there you know, I realised the tenants weren't the bad people. You know, they said yeah. there's been a very good reason why we haven't paid rent for several months. And it's my fault. I walked around the house and I saw how bad it was. And it was nice when they said to me, James, we've seen you more in the last couple of days than we have seen the letting agent in the last six years. Ooh. And it was and it was like, oh my God, how have I let this happen? So I, I, I get you when you say it's all about, you know, uh, customer service because they're over the moon now that I've taken it over because things are being done and they're actually starting to get a lot more happier. Um, but yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, kind of the experience creating that kind of communal space and like you said, communities and, and, and how people work together and eat together and, and mm. have a good time together, really. Yeah, I, I sold a room in that house once because they had a list of who the birthdays were. We always put a notice board up for, for the tenants and there was a list of all the birthdays and the chap said, I want to move here because they recognise everybody's birthdays. Wow, one simple thing was, like that. Yeah, wow. I thought that was just lovely. Yeah, Didn't you don't realise what Yeah, you don't realise what they're looking for, do you? I mean they're walking around and they're they're absorbing bits of information everywhere and just to see that one little thing on the on on the wall um and for you to let a room off that i mean no one would ever believe you if you said yeah he read a room of us because he saw that on the wall yeah and when he when he moved in that the the person whose room he took they'd crossed out and went goodbye and then they put his name in and went welcome and a question mark for your birthday so that he could fill it in when he got there wow wow no it's all about the community it's all about the community but you have to design the product for them for for the community to be there hmm no, some very valuable lessons there, there for myself, Beverly. So thank oh, you very good. much for that. Um, I want to I ask you about um, how's lockdown been for you? Um, it's been interesting because, of course, I wrote a book. <laughs> but not only have we written a book, we've, we've had this, um, this idea rolling around our heads for ages and it sort of made us uh, be a bit more proactive and get it sorted. So we've started this new company called the Business Academy which is business-academy.co.uk. And that will be a one-stop shop for property people to grow their business. So it's going to offer training. Uh, There will be individual modules, so like how to excel for landlords, because David knows some really funky stuff on what to do on Excel, Um, how to green your business, uh, what a strategy is. Um, So all sorts of little modules that people can buy they're very cheap, but just to buy so that you can just improve your general knowledge of business. Um, and then we uh, are, we'd started just before lockdown, but we will be continuing as soon as we can get out to do some of these 90 day planning sessions. So you can come to us and spend a day because, as you said, getting away from your business, away from the phone, away from your desk and concentrating on what you want your business to look like and then planning for it how you're going to improve the on is really important so we're going to provide those days and with the the stomp to go alongside that so we're there to facilitate your planning to help you make sure that you're making the right decisions 
and that you're measuring the right thing because if, you, if your metrics aren't right in what you're measuring, you can be building the wrong thing. So that's going to be coming soon. And then we've got the book, which obviously explains everything as well. So there's some really exciting stuff coming up that we'll be able to help people with. It's all about making property entrepreneurs and empowering property entrepreneurs to be more entrepreneurial so that you can work on your business and not necessarily in your business all the time. Mm, you seem to lo- you lose that flair after, I mean, that whole entrepreneurial spirit. If you don't carry on working on your business and you get stuck into it, you lose that entrepreneurial flair and you, you know, you've just created yourself a, a job that you decide when you work and what time you go to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for whatever stage in business you're at, there will be something for you. Whether you are, I'm new to this and I just need to understand a bit more about business whether you are have already got a really successful business that you may have been running for a few years, but you haven't managed that systemization, then you need to stop and think about how you're going to put that in place. So we, we call that the, the manager's stage. And then you move on until you are then developing something which is a little bit more passive because we all want to get there where you are more entrepreneurial. And that will free up your time to then be able to grow your business or grow other businesses as well. Mm-hmm. You'll have to put me down for one of those days, Beverly, when the 90-day uh, uh, planning oh, days, as soon as, soon as so you've long, got those days. So long as you bring your wife as well. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring her along, yeah. I have a feeling that will come well. I think you will as well. I mean, a lot of people have been saying, James, when is she coming on a podcast to expose you and tell us all the truth? And uh, I'm just waiting because she's keen to kind of me and her to do a podcast on, on what it's like living with James and I know she's going to take the absolute mickey out of me and it's going to probably be one of the, the highest listened podcasts. I'm, I'm saving it for a special day. I think that would be good. Yes, that would be good. But I think she's got some really good ideas. So let's make sure that those are implemented. Yeah. So Beverly, like I was saying to you earlier, this, this whole podcast is going to be part of a series called uh, Women in Property. Uh, on the back of that, I just want to kind of finish this up by you telling everybody on how they can join you on the on the new business academy. And um, if if somebody feels that they want to reach out to you and, you know, take you up on some of the stuff that you're doing, because I, I personally think it's fantastic. I'm going to look into it a little bit more because I could certainly do with sh- shaping my 90 day planning up. It's there loosely, but it's not there kind of regimented. So I could definitely do with it myself. Having it regimented somebody- written down is more important. It's very yeah, important. Yeah. I mean, I do. I do like I I mean, I'm a strong believer in writing down my vision and purpose almost daily because it kind of reaffirms it in my head. And I do keep various notebooks on my table and people think I'm absolutely nuts because they go through the the goals and visions book and they go, James, this page is reading exactly the same as it did a few days ago. And I say, listen, look at it a few months later and you'll see it's been slightly tweaked. But I need to remind myself every single morning why I get out of bed and why I'm doing what I'm doing. And if that means writing it over and over again in a book to, to drum that into my head, I shall carry on doing that. <laughs> we're, we're, we're completely paperless. We have no paper. We have no filing cabinets. We have no, no shelves. We have nothing. We're completely and utterly paperless. Yet the only thing that we print off is our strategy our one-page strategy and our planning and that is there and I write all over it and then I print it out again. Wow. So no notebooks to take stuff down? It's all digitised? I I keep one notebook and and my strategy and that's it. That's all the paper that we have and that's for the four businesses that we've got. Wow. That is a... That's pretty remarkable. You know, I would have thought there'd be loads of box cabinets with uh, loads of paperwork flying around. No, no, no. It's having a husband who is fantastic at it. 
and he's taught me how to do it. And once you've got, you've got it into your head, you will never go back. Wow. Wow, that sounds really exciting. So, Vivi, how, how can people find you then if they want to if they want to find out more about the ninety day planning and the stomp and how you can help them? Well, they can look for me on LinkedIn. We've got Beverly Lockett, or you can look up uh, the Business Academy, or you can contact me Beverly at red door homescouk we offer a free 30-minute coaching call. So if you want to find out a little bit more and find out if we can help you, we're happy to do that. And that they normally end up being more than 30 minutes, but they're about 30 minutes. And we also have our book, Building Your Property Business, which is coming out on the 17th of June. And all you have to do is look at Beverly Lockett on Amazon and you'll see it there. If you can buy it on the 17th, it's, it's a, at a special price. Oh, fantastic. Beverly, I'm going to finish off by asking you one question. If you could go back in time to a 20-year-old Beverly, what would you tell yourself? uh, What would I tell myself? I would tell myself to be braver and to talk up because it took me a long time to find my voice. And my husband is very, very pleased that I have because now I drive our business forward like nobody's business. And he loves it because he can just sit in the background and do what he likes on the computer. Be braver, have much more confidence in your own ability because we have innate ability and sometimes it just takes a little push for us to find our little niche. Mm. Wow, that's some fantastic advice. And and on that note, uh, I'm going to finish the podcast there. And Beverly, thank you very much once again for joining us here. Thank you, and, uh, Yeah, no worries. And uh, yeah, I will catch up with you soon. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the J2 Hub podcast with James Sahota. If you like the podcast, feel free to subscribe so you never miss another podcast from James. And if you got value from this podcast, do take the time to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever else you consume your podcast content from. And remember, you're never too late to become something you truly want to become.